Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company helping global talent acquisition teams at Unilever, McDonald's and CVS Health get recruiting work done faster. Let's face it, talent acquisition is full of boring administrative tasks that drag the hiring process down and create frustrating experiences for everyone. Paradox's AI assistant, Olivia, is shaking up that paradigm, automating things like applicant screening, interview scheduling, and candidate Q&A, so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Curious how Olivia can work for your team? Then visit paradox.ai to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 467 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Anyone who's seen me speak this year knows that I consider personalization the next big trend in talent acquisition. If they get their strategies right, the rapid growth in automation technologies allows employers to offer a bespoke candidate experience at scale. So which employers are doing this well and what can we learn from them? My guest this week is Lisa Scales, Head of Talent Acquisition for the UK and Ireland at Nestle. In our wide-ranging conversation, which was recorded at Unleash World in Paris, Lisa talks us through Nestle's strategies around personalization and the results that they're getting. Hi, Lisa, and welcome to the podcast live from Unleash in Paris. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. For the very few people who might not be familiar with you and, and what you do, could you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Uh, yeah, so my name's Lisa Scales and I head up TA for Nestle in the UK and Ireland market. Fantastic stuff. Um, it's been really sort of interesting walking around the show and talking to people and uh, one of the big themes is obviously the very turbulent times that we're going through at yes. the moment. And the, you know, sometimes the strange impact that's having on talent acquisition or not in some cases. Well, what does the market look like for you? What's kind of going on? What sort of challenges do you have? Yeah, so um, I, I think, you know, I've been doing, I've been in and out recruitment for about 25 years. And I must say, you know, the times we're living in now are probably the most turbulent times I've seen. Uh, I, yeah, probably 2008 was pretty rocky in terms of the, you know, recession and the big crash and everything. But actually, um, there are so many conflicting tensions that we're seeing now that's affecting um, you know the, the the industry we're in, and um, but essentially affecting human beings, which is you know, I always I, I, I bore myself, but I always talk about the human being as being the most variable product in the world, and mm. we're dealing with it, mm. um, and we're seeing um, you know we're seeing this confliction between these high inflation rates, uh, cost of living, and you know, whether people are sort of vacillating between do I stay in a secure job or do I move because I need to afford to pay my rent, my mortgage, whatever that is. And um, and so I, I, I genuinely, if I had to put an assessment on the labour market, it's really interesting because we've got the highest employment rate that we've had. But similarly, we've got the 
lowest unemployment rate, but we've got a mass workforce that's left the workforce, this inactivity. And um, I think I saw a stat this morning on the news even about, you know, one in five are of Britons are actually out of work due to long-term sickness. So there is a huge gap. So from a uh, recruitment perspective, what we're seeing is, is the scarcity of skills gap is just becoming worse. And, mm. you know, we've, we've lost a whole heap of skilled workers from a Brexit effect. Um, we've got the COVID effect. And then we've got this cost of living effect, which has obviously been precipitated by, you know, world events. It is, um, it's a really heady mix. Mm. And if I translate that into what the team are feeling, it's chaotic mm. because, you know, there are, candidates out there that essentially don't really know what's going on so they're maybe taking a punt of applying for a role that's probably you know paying a lot more but actually they don't have the skills for it we're going to see that I think emerge over the next couple of years where people have jumped because they need to jump i.e. they're not seeing the pay increases internally or being recognized mm. and um, so they are um, making that leap of faith and then you've got this almost recession sort of on the on the horizon in terms of that retraction of companies not hiring so yeah it's it's as confusing as anything yeah. and I, I don't think I've given a straight answer but I don't think I can well I don't think there is a straight answer I think no. you've summed it up really well it is very confusing lots of conflicting forces and and, and all this all this kind of all this kind of stuff um, you were you were doing a talk here yesterday. T tell us about that. What we what, what what were you talking about? Yeah. So um, so we partner globally with uh, a business called Paradox, and um, we've implemented over the last couple of years automated interview scheduling, and um, with that comes a conversational AI chatbot that sits on our career site. And um, so I was talking about essentially about the sort of I suppose those three actors in the uh, what I call the theatre of recruitment: the candidate, the hiring manager and the recruiter and not a lot of people sort of talk about that recruiter experience and how we can make uh, sort of I suppose transactional repetitive admin tasks remove those out of recruiters world and they can do the what I call the high value pieces around engaging with candidates engaging with the organization to understand the needs so um, actually doing recruitment roles as opposed to admin roles so um, so I was talking about um, obviously my experiences of having that in a market but of course you know Nestle uh, <laughs> has multiple markets and we've rolled the product out into sort of 50 countries and into um, I think 47 different languages and it's a huge implementation mm. and um, it's fascinating when you look at that sort of phased approach of a global rollout of a deployment of some technology but I, I, I suppose what I'm most interested in are the outcomes which is you know I think over the last uh, year um, the chatbots answered about one and a half million questions and actually, it's not about the opportunity that presents itself. It's actually the opportunity lost before of not being able to answer that many questions. So there's a real, um, there's a real plus to it because um, there is a frightening stat out there of the world um, global population. I think 98% of the global population has had a Nestle product in their lives. Wow. And so, you know, if we're really talking about that candidate-consumer crossover, Everybody in this building, for example, is one of our customers. 
and um, and that's quite that makes you have a different lens on things when you are dealing with applications you're dealing with candidates and it's a death by a thousand cuts you don't mm. want people having a bad experience with dealing with Nestle we want people to go into supermarkets and buy our products so and, and it's really interesting what you say about answering questions that would have otherwise been unanswered because in the sort of debates that we've been having about automation and chatbots over the last few years there's there, there's been this this sort of train of thought around well actually you know this is you know computer says no this is making the candidate experience worse we're replacing recruiters with algorithms um but actually that kind of technology is enabling you know much greater personalization and a better experience yeah and and do you know what i i i do think there is a time and a place for automation and there are points at which I think that it gets a little bit dangerous that it's selecting people out of processes but essentially if you look at it from a sort of very much a um, how do we take away some of the things that a machine can do i.e. the the, the low value stuff then um, to me it's a no-brainer and and from a recruiter perspective you know, they're doing more interesting work. Worst thing, if you ask a rec- any recruiter that's been surveyed, one of the worst parts of their role is interview scheduling, but also rescheduling. The amount of rework that has to happen. People's diaries are manic these days. Everything gets changed. Highly frustrating. Mm. And it is just such low value. So, so that's brilliant. But also, from a chatbot perspective, um, you know, as a candidate, I want to be able to go and ask a question at 10 o'clock at night when I've spent the evening thinking about this job that I might want to apply for. And over the last year, through the conversational AI chatbot, um, the Olivia chatbot has presented 430,000 job roles to people wow. just by that conversation. I'm looking for a job in X location. Again, there's the push and pull. We expect people to go onto a career site and search for the job. Mm. Well, that relies on them searching well and uh, knowing what they want to do. We'd rather present somebody with a role and say, what about this in this location? So I think that definitely has its place, but I think it also definitely doesn't have a place. If we're looking at automation and and personalization, because I think that there is a huge trend towards that and seeing that with a lot of technology providers, what would you like to see automated and what do you think shouldn't be? Yeah, okay. So good question and probably um, be a lot of detractors out there in terms of, oh, it's rubbish. Um, But I'd like to see, um, I suppose, well, We've got other automation that sits across the platform. So in a very long-winded way, I'm going to say to you what I think. Um, So we have, through our application process and onboarding, we have WalkMe um, uh, automation, which basically uh, pulls up windows to give hints and tips as you're applying. So I think that's brilliant as a supportive automation to somebody's application process. Um, I think onboarding in terms of um, you can personalize onboarding really brilliantly and um, we're working globally with a business called vFairs which are um, that are we have an amazing portal where you walk into a supermarket you can explore our brands so in terms of being able to present information to an individual from that point of view now here comes the crux the one thing that I don't believe is helpful 
um, and there's a lot of study going on about it, is the selection process in terms of computer saying no to an individual and I think people do feel quite abridged when they do get a rejection having been through automation and I'm just not convinced um, there's a brilliant book called Invisible Women which um, talks about actually nothing to do with recruitment but talks about systems and how they lend themselves to the white male versus any diverse populations including women and it is fascinating even from town planning how, how towns are planned out uh, it is amazing how a gender bias can affect all sorts of things in our lives and I really do think that um, because we're dealing with that variable product the human I think it's really dangerous to try and put some artificial intelligence around that selection process so I, it worries me because I, I think recruiters should do their job We've talked about the turbulent times that we're going through and how difficult it is for, for, for talent acquisition. What does, what does sort of next year look like? What does the future look like in terms of the strategies that you're putting together for TA and Nestle? Yeah, so, um, so we're, we're, we're fortunate that we have a really clear plan of what sort of organisation we want to be. And, um, and actually our global CRHO uh, stood up on the stage yesterday and uh, talked about our three pillars as an organisation of, of where we want to be from a people perspective that supports our force for good agenda in terms of us as a business. And um, you know, one of, the, one of the big pillars, which I probably is in my world more so than, than other uh, parts of the organization, is um, you know, attracting and hiring a diverse and inclusive and engaged workforce. And that's quite a big statement to make. And yeah. how does that translate into operational, we've got people to recruit. And, um, and I think what next year will bring, we actually conducted um, an external audit of our um, recruitment uh, this year from a diversity perspective. And it's a real um, eye-opener in the sense of you're, you're, you're asking somebody to come in and critique your work. And it can feel a little, you know, um, uncomfortable at times because they, they did a really thorough job and um, interviewed lots of our population in terms of that with that diversity lens and um, I suppose the uh, piece around that is is lots of recommendations came out and one of the biggest things that uh, we're going to be doing in 2023 is really helping to support our hiring managers on that diversity journey and um, I, I think there's a lot of noise about diversity, but I still think feet on the ground, there's quite a lot of fear of doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing. And the minute somebody says something wrong, the woke brigade get on board and start, you know, being very critical. And I don't think that's helpful because I think people need to almost have a lived experience so that they can learn. And I think that's a really good way to learn. Um, so, so one of the big things we're doing next year is we're um, launching some brilliant tools and there's a, there's a sort of saying that we have in, in Nestle about moments that matter and it's not necessarily just give somebody some training because 
you know, it gets tucked into a filing cabinet in your brain for six months because you don't have to use it. And it's fairly worthless. But actually doing it at the moments that matter, i.e. I'm just about to go to interview somebody. How can I just refresh myself on some biases? How can I approach this in a different way? So, um, so we have almost like a construct of, in the organisation, a construct of we are open and um, transparent in terms of our diversity practices. But actually, what does that mean? And, and actually really making the organisation um, have lived experiences. So, final question. Yeah. Um, we've been at this show for a couple of days now. We There's have. been some great talks, um, you know, some really interesting things going on. Um, wandering around and looking at all the vendors as I'm as I'm sure you have or they've been chasing you around which seems to <laughs> yes. be seems to be the, the, the case sometimes yeah. um, are there any interesting sort of technologies that have caught your eye in terms of where you think things might be might be heading yeah so um, I was um, fortunate to be asked to um, be on the panel for the startup competition um, yesterday and um, it was uh, it was an interesting uh, array of startups that, that presented, and uh, but my reflection probably was that I'm not seeing anything that is going to fundamentally disrupt the industry, and I just wonder whether we've come to that sort of uh, break point where something would have to change absolutely, uh, you know, a big step change for me to be really excited about something. But I'm probably a little bit like you, Matt, in the sense of we are immersed in this world, so we're slightly desensitized. So I, I think probably if you asked a question to a, a normal person on the street or a typical, <laughs> a typical person that isn't sort of a prob probably um, as interested from a vendor point of view, I think they'd probably say there's a couple of apps out there that are brilliant for frontline workforces. So there's a lot of focus on deskless workforces because mm. I think the world's woken up to go, actually three quarters of the world actually don't sit at a desk. And um, it's almost like the forgotten population during COVID. We forgot about the people going into our factories every single day to mm. continue to produce product or you know, NHS workers going to work. and. Um, so there's there's quite a lot of focus on that there is almost that sort of uh, there's those point products that i'm seeing that um you know they're great products they look brilliant but you know my one resounding thing is is how do you actually get a business to adopt that sort of yeah. technology and adopt it well so it's worth mm. it mm. so i'm not convinced lisa thank you very much for talking to me it's a pleasure really good to see you thanks matt my thanks to Lisa. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. <laughs>